0: On the day of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny's death in an Arctic prison last week, U.S. President Joe Biden appeared before the press to lay the blame squarely at the feet of Vladimir Putin. Today we find out exactly how that blame translates to policy. The United States has unveiled a series of new sanctions against Russia, following steps taken by the U.K. and the European Union. But with the war in Ukraine already prompting the West to exhaust its sanctions tool chest, The question is exactly what more Joe Biden can do to punish Moscow. Well, let's first hear from the U.S. Undersecretary of State, Victoria Nuland, who said that the size of the sanctions package is designed to overcome Putin's proven ability to evade many of the sanctions the U.S. already introduced. He and his um, tricksters have found a lot of ways to evade sanctions, which is why when you see this package that we're going to launch in a couple of days, it is very heavily uh, focused on evasion on uh, nodes and networks and countries uh, that help evade, uh, willingly or otherwise, and on the banks that support and allow that kind of evasion. Well, joining me now for more on this is Washington reporter Simon Marks. Simon, we've just gotten a statement from Joe Biden in the last hour from the White House about the sanctions and also marking the two years since Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine. What can you tell us?
1: Yes, and Chris, making it absolutely clear that these sanctions are designed to punish Russia not just for two years of war on Ukraine, but also for the death of Alexei Navalny, the president describing him in this statement as a courageous anti-corruption activist and Putin's fiercest opposition leader. And the statement, while not going into full detail about the sanctions, certainly puts more meat on the bones. The president says he's announcing more than 500 new sanctions against Russia. They will target individuals connected to Navalny's imprisonment, as well as Russia's financial sector, defence industrial base, procurement networks and sanctions evaders across multiple continents. The statement goes on to say they will ensure Putin pays an even steeper price for his aggression abroad and repression at home. And the president also announces that he's decided to impose new export restrictions on nearly a 100 entities for Providing backdoor support for Russia's war machine. He says we are taking action to further reduce Russia's energy revenues, and I've directed my team to strengthen support for civil society, independent media, and those who fight for democracy around the world. Now, yesterday, Victoria Newland described this sanctions package as massive and crushing. She said it was an effort to strangle Vladimir Putin's ability to continue evading many of the sanctions that the United States has already put in place against Russia. Uh, We are waiting for the full announcement from the U.S. Treasury Department about the precise nature uh, of these measures, and then I think everyone will get a chance to see uh, whether they stand a chance this time round of succeeding in their quest.
0: Well, Simon, one question there is, it's interesting the way you describe uh, essentially the two-pronged attack here, that this is about Navalny, but also about Russia's invasion of Ukraine does it all kind of blur into one in your mind and and also just uh, there's a question about why some of these sanctions may not have been adopted before now if they really are something that is needed.
1: Yes, I mean, I think it all blurs into one in the minds of the administration. I mean, they view all of this uh, as exemplars uh, of Vladimir Putin's brutality. This statement says if Putin does not pay the price for his death and destruction, he will keep going and the costs to the United States, along with our NATO allies and partners in Europe and around the world, will rise. Uh, But the fact that the president is able to unveil Uh, what were being described yesterday as hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of new sanctions does raise a question for the Biden administration, which is, why didn't you do this earlier? Why has it taken two years uh, to tighten the noose yet further? Uh, And how, how are you going to ensure that these sanctions can't be evaded in precisely the way that you now concede the earlier sets of sanctions have been evaded? Now, Victoria, Victoria Newland, the Under-Secretary of State uh, inferred that there are going to be measures here to try and stop countries like China and India uh, from essentially helping uh, Vladimir Putin to evade uh, some of the measures. Now the Americans of course are irritated that China and India have increased their trade uh, with Russia over the last two years rather than uh, engaged in the kind of choking off that the United States uh, has advanced. Uh, But there are also issues pertaining to the use of financial institutions in China and Russia to help Vladimir Putin get around sanctions, and the details of what the Treasury announces will be critical in understanding just how much further the Biden administration is willing to go to try and stop third parties from helping the Russian leader find a way to keep his financial institutions connected to the rest of the world, because that's ultimately the biggest key here. If those institutions are able to find ways of remaining connected to the rest of the world, then there will always be ways uh, of evading the measures that the United States has put into place. Simon, just quickly,
0: wouldn't also the real punishment here be funding the war in Ukraine? There is still this outstanding $60 billion funding package sitting before Congress. Is there any sense that either Navalny's death or anything else has kind of moved Congress to move on the package?
1: Well, nothing has changed in the House of Representatives, but that's partly, Chris, because, as you know, they're not here. They're on recess. The president uses this statement to urge the House of Representatives to support the bill that would provide Kiev with another $60 billion in support. History is watching, he says. The failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will not be forgotten. And while there is a majority in the House of Representatives to pass the measure, it's the Speaker of the House, Republican Mike Johnson, who fears that if he puts it to a vote, Trump supporting far-right members of the Republican caucus will seek to oust him from the speakership, just as they did uh, when uh, Kevin McCarthy last year sought Democrat support to keep the US government open. So there is no way out of this particular thicket right now. Uh, They're not returning uh, members of Congress until the end of the month, and then they'll only have 96 hours to avert the threat of another partial government shutdown. So whether anything advances even in March uh, in the House of Representatives, uh, I think, is uh, is a very big question.
0: Never a dull moment in the U.S. Congress. Thanks very much, Simon. That was Simon Marks in Washington, D.C.,